Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Miranda. I've got a question for you. It's really important. Okay. <clears throat> How did the little Scottish dog react when he met the Loch Ness Monster? How? He was terrified. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Bork, bork, hello. Bork, 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 That was very cute, but it almost sounded electronic. Bork, bork. I'm a dog, <laughs> bork. Bork, I'm a dog, bork, bork. Woof. So that's Miranda, <laughs> our lovely guest host again for this week. Thanks for coming back. Regretting asking me back. Yep, and we won't be needing you next week. Oh, so I thought you liked computer dog. Computer and dog. It was very cute. Oof, we'll have you. We'll oof. have you. My name is Taylor. Welcome back to the Flu from Papa podcast. Hi, Taylor. Hi. How you doing? Oh, yeah. You're still puppy sitting Zola? Yeah, I'm still puppy sitting Zola at the moment. It's going good. I'd still like her walking to be a bit better. That's okay. I know this great podcast that you can listen to called Floof Ampersand Papa. Mm. Yeah. And they have lots of good tips and tricks. Things like walking your dog oh, and training your out. dog. So meta. <laughs> so I have an article today. About a dog by any chance? About a floof? Dogs. And or a papa? <laughs> Oh, no, I nearly knocked over my coffee cup. <laughs> that was so dramatic. It was very, very dramatic. My whole stomach just kind of went like, <laughs> Um, So it's from Time. Time, the magazine. I believe, but I'm on the website. Time. So it's just Time. Time, dog of the year. It's from Time, the concept. I don't know. Um, it's called Why Bringing Your Dog to Work Can Be Great for, brackets, almost everyone. I would love to take my dog to work. And I mentioned this to my boss so often, but I work in a school. Yeah. Like a real classy private school. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to get parents being like, um, Why is there excuse a dog me, in I here? didn't sign a release form for my child to be a kilometer away from your dog. <laughs> because 100% of that totally happens. Um, can I tell you a sneaky secret? Yeah, do it. Okay. So one week before term begins every term. I work in my office alone, <gasps> but I'm not alone all the time because sometimes I take my dog to Oh, my goodness. And those are the best days. I don't know why I'm whispering. I don't know either because I don't think they're listening and even if they were, the whispering wouldn't stop them. I tell you what, though, if they are listening yeah. to Floof Ampersand Papa, the podcast. Firstly, well done. Well done. And they get it so they understand. And they yep. would never dob me in. Right, everyone? Got that? So Did I'm you- having an, a kind of opposite situation at my work. Because you are allowed dogs at work. Well, that's the thing. We're having a bit of a thing at the moment. We we used to have 
a full welcome to all dogs all the time. I don't like so where the story's I, going. I work at a gym kind of allied health clinic um, and you kind of allowed to bring your dog, leave it at reception or kind of take it into the gym with you because it's quite, quite an open space. Like we've yeah. got a roller door that goes up so it's not like a – closed off building where like it's, like, it's going to smell like dog the rest of the day. It's pretty yeah. open and airy. Um, and we kind of had a policy of like, yeah, bring your dog anytime. We're happy to have them. Um, but recently we've been looking and like checking on our workplace health and safety stuff. <gasps> and no. we've kind of been told like, no, some people have allergies. Some people are not comfortable with oh. this. We need to. Bam, what bam. if, what if you provided like some allergy medication at the desk for free? Well, Yes. Do that. But then there's a the situation of handing out medication has its own set of risks. <laughs> you work at a health clinic. Although I was looking Just at so I, I was literally um looking it up the other day and um there are some places because they do encourage you to bring your dog to work, as we're about to find out. Yeah. A- that have a separate entrance for people who are allergic to dogs. <gasps> so they don't have to go through the dog door. Oh my gosh. So that's how accommodating they are. Is like, okay, fine. If you don't want to be around the dogs, we understand. This is your door. You get your own. Special you get your door. own door. Is it your own special door, Walk or you get to go through the back shame. door? Guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Anyway, so Anna doesn't go to work at Amazon's headquarters in Seattle alone. No, that's Times I, opening line. It's got to be really punchy. I, I guess. bet a lot of people work there with her. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Her one-year-old black labradoodle, Franny, is always by her side. Oh, my God, I'm always tearing up at the idea of Franny, the labradoodle. Oh, too beautiful. Okay. Sitting at her desk while she's on calls and greeting other Amazon employees during their work days. (laughs) Franny is one of more than 1,000 dogs at Amazon Seattle headquarters. Oh, my God. Thanks to the company's dog-friendly work policy. So everyone brings I'm their dogs. I'm going to work at Amazon. <laughs> how many people work there? Do we know? Like, mm. as a percentage-wise, how many people are bringing their dogs? I people, don't know, but that's 1,000 dogs. Are some people bringing, like, Amazon's two dogs? Amazon's pretty big, though. How many oh, dogs? okay. Producer Zane says that Amazon would employ about 10,000. Wow. So that's 10%? 10% of their staff is usually bringing their dog to work? Dear Amazon staff, can Open you please head office get in more dogs? <laughs> 1,000 dogs, not enough dogs. (laughs) I will never be satisfied with only 1,000 dogs in my Ah, workplace. (laughs) The retail retail giant is part of the 8% of workplaces in the U.S. that allow dogs to join their owners in the office, according to the Society of Human Resource Management. That's a jump from 5% of employers in 2013. And this article was written in June of this year, 2018. Okay. So it's pretty current. So it's sort of like. I can't add. I was going to say a percent a year, but it's not that much. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah. Isn't that how long? Kind of. Five to it's eight? Five percent in 2013? Yeah, 2013 was five years ago. Yeah. Okay. So it's less than a percent a year, isn't it? To go from five percent to eight percent? That's three percent over where, five where years. Where did we get eight percent? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the math podcast. <laughs> I, my major is in English literature. I don't want this on my record. Thank We're you. all about math and sciences, guys. <laughs> we love dogs. If I just need to take a breather after an intense meeting, I'll take her out for a walk or we'll sit on the floor and play for a few minutes. <laughs> it brings me comfort. Yeah, I know, me too. My dog would pee everywhere, though. Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. Let's but I would be the one to have to clean it up. <laughs> Dogs in the workplace provide more social support for employees as well as more opportunities for co-workers to interact in a positive setting. Yes, they do. See, you're not going to have a fight for, with Karen from the water cooler if you're just like cuddling a puppy. I know, right? It's just not going to happen. Especially if it's Karen's puppy. You will Especially. never get on Karen's bad side. No, because you'll be loving yeah. that puppy. Yeah. Um, social support or the feeling of being cared for also serves as a key factor in whether people with a serious mental illness return to work or remain employed. I have a serious mental illness and it is called wanting my dog with me all the time. Is that a serious mental illness? Yeah. My my mum for a while was trying to get Zola as a support animal. Like they an have to emotional go support so much animal. Special training you've for got that. to, yeah, you've got to prove that yeah. it's like I looked into it for two years. Well. Like you're going to have a breakdown if if you don't have it. Pretty much. Um, I could throw a pretty good tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want right, to belittle you- anyone with actual <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> I just really love my dog. Same. Logistically, employees who own dogs are able to avoid missing work to go home in the middle of the day to feed their dog or quickly return home at the end of the day. I'm sorry, what? People yeah, go home in the middle like, of the day Americans to feed their dog? Americans are very needy. Like, like, if you're American, shout out to my homies. But, like, no, we don't. we don't have as much of that here, I don't think. Get an automated feeder. No, I shouldn't say that. You should definitely just quit just, your job and spend all your time with your dog. Just train them to eat at 6 p.m. Like, my dog yeah, eats once a day and we do it at, like, 6. Oh, yes, I did feed her tonight. Yes. <laughs> wait, Ooh, I wait, just what am I doing? I just here? went all of a sudden like, oh my god. No, I did. I did. She wouldn't have let me leave the house. Um yeah, you just train them to eat at six. Yeah, I would. But anyway, not not my dog. Um these fairy pets also could provide an opportunity for collaboration across departments. Ooh. Um you know, like- suddenly you're car- you're petting Karen's dog from accounts and, and you strike up a conversation about this, the uh, budget for this year. This Karen, I've got to say, she was awful, but then she got the dog. Yeah, she and was. she's become a and completely she's, different she, person. Exactly. And yeah. that's what we're trying to like foster here. Yeah. Um, Amazon points to the employee experience as the main consideration with its dog-friendly policy. Dogs have been central to Amazon's workplace for about 20 years, with a Welsh corgi named Rufus even ceremoniously clicking the mouse to launch some of Amazon.com's first pages. (laughs) Dogs with jobs. Oh, my gosh. One of the buildings on Amazon's Seattle campus is named after Rufus. The Rufus building? The Rufus building. (laughs) Where do you work? I'll meet you in the Rufus building. I work in the Rufus building. Five Hmm. sharp. Yep. Um, this extra benefit helped encourage Anna to get a dog in the first place. Now it's a policy she would strongly value if considering other employment opportunities in the future. Now that I've had a taste of what it's like, it would be hard for me to go to somewhere where I can't have her with me. True. Yeah. Absolutely true. And it would be hard for her, for Papa. For the puppy to suddenly be home all the time. Yeah. yeah. That must be hard if you like left Amazon or wherever and got a new job and they were like, nah, no dogs allowed. And your puppy was like home all day being like, what I don't happened? understand. I used to have a job and a purpose. <laughs> now I have nothing. Yeah. So it does kind of, it's, it's quite a uh, in-depth article. But the last kind of little bit just says, not all dogs are perfect for these environments. Not all employees enjoy dogs. Barking can ensue at the cubicle next door while you're on a call. An occasional accident can damage company property. Mm. But it's worth it. And some people just don't like dogs, which I haven't heard of before or are allergic um the only person that is almost guaranteed to benefit from bringing the dog to work is the owner of that dog the likelihood of everyone else in the office having that same band and affinity for their animal is very low so they're kind of saying like it's going to benefit you the most personally 
um, and it might f- like be good for other people in your office, but the the person with the most benefit is going to be you. Hmm. But I think it's important that everybody is happy at work. Yep. Because they become more productive. Yep. And if spending five minutes out of every hour petting my dog, a little louder dog, for the people in the back. <laughs> means that I get to be a more productive employee, then that's a benefit to the whole company. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Mostly then it kind of goes on to say stuff about like allergens or aggressive dogs or stuff like that and how to combat those kind of things. But I think the policies they have in place are pretty specific Mm. to make sure that your dog is like well-behaved, well-trained, doing the right things. I think another option that a lot of places could consider big like employers Mm. as an in-between to this policy is having a dog creche. A what? Like doggy daycare in the building. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're big enough, like say Amazon is. Yeah. That's probably quite easy for you to do. You just be like, oh, yeah, this bit, this is where the dogs hang out. We have, like, doggy daycare. And just have a doggy person. daycare yeah. has become a thing recently. Oh, like in, yeah. In recent years, a lot of them have popped up around Brisbane. I don't I don't especially, especially get it. I get it. You do? Like, yeah, when Tui was a puppy and she needed she needed to more be socialized and more. And yeah. Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, she, yeah, she loved going. But she was always very happy to see me at the end of the day. Oh, that's good. You don't want them loving the daycare and then like trudging home with you. Like, oh, you oh, again. Gross. So we're going home. <laughs> but I didn't take it all day every day because it's extremely expensive. Yes, I have heard that. Very expensive. Well, I suppose that's kind of one of those things as well of like the high, like if anything happens to your dog, you're going to blame that person. Therefore, they charge more because they're liable for, like, the life of your dog. I don't know. I think it's just really Some like. childcare workers. It's like childcare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't really pay You pay childcare rates, really. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You've got to pay for people to look after your dog, play with your dog all day. It's tough work. Yeah. Maybe I'm in the wrong career. You should definitely get a job at doggy daycare. It'd be fun. <gasps> There's a cat eating chocolate behind us. Stop. Stop. Stop um, the podcast. Excuse me. We don't mention the cat on this podcast. But it was it was trying to eat the Turkish delight. Okay. Hello, everybody mm. wants to be a cat. We see you over there. We see you over there. Control um, your animal. Is it time to talk about dog breeds now? It most certainly is. This would be a very suitable dog breed for a workplace. Yeah. Yes. As long as no, uh, because it is a, what's it called? Um. Hypo- I don't know. Hypoallergenic. Oh, cool. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Hypoallergenic makes it sound like it's really allergenic because no, like hypo is like super excited. Am I saying the right word? No, that's right. That's the same with mania and hypermania. Mania is actually worse than hypermania. This doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's just welcome to the English <gasps> language. It's English like is Latin. weird. Yep. Anyway, let's stop talking in English and start talking in about – Blanquito de la Habana. Oh, white of Cuba? The little white dog of Havana. It is the national oh. dog of Cuba. Nailed it. I'm learning Spanish at the moment. Ah, well done. Um, the Havanese is the breed that we're talking about today. Havanese. The Havanese. Oh. Yes, the official national dog of Cuba, one of the few breeds known as a Cuban dog. Yeah, there's a few, but not a lot. Yeah. It is a Bichon type of dog. Oh, cool. It is very small and very fluffy. Small and fluffy. Small and fluffy. 
Yeza. Um, so the other types of Bichon, the most um, well-known type of Bichon breed is a poodle. And that's the or the oh, hypoallergenic hair also. type. Is, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That, I suppose that makes sense. The Bichon Frise is um, also a Bichon. <laughs> that's what I had assumed, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Havanese mm. um, is descended from the now extinct Bichon Tenerife, whatever that is. I guess it's a type of dog. Um, <laughs> and it was eventually crossbred with other Bichon types mm-hmm. to get to the Havanese. Um, they're also go. sometimes referred to as Havana silk dogs because their hair is very silky Aww, and soft. So soft and I keep You say every time you say Hava, I keep going to do Havana, Havana, which is not even the same kind of culture that we're on, but like it's in my head anyway. So the Havanese is a small breed. It's a um, a toy, but on probably the largest the larger size, size of, of a toy. The, of a toy, yeah, yeah. It is definitely a lap dog. Um, yeah, sturdy, they got that silky, lap-doggy. slightly sturdier kind of 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 body type, and look a lot like a terrier. They do actually, like don't the, they? The body is yeah. very terrier like. Um, They've got very long, fluffy hair and a tail that curls over its back and it's got droopy ears. Do you know they do kind of almost start to remind me of like a Shih Tzu? Yeah. Same kind of? Yeah. Well, it's not really the same yeah, yeah. flavour. Um, when their hair is left long, they look a lot like a Shih Tzu. Mm. Um, when their uh, hair is shorter, which they call the puppy cut, um, the puppy, the cut. puppy cut is uh, all short hair, but they still leave the ears really long and the tail really long. So it's got long hair on its tail and ears, and then little curly hair everywhere else, like wavy kind of curl. Lots Do you think I can ask for the puppy cut next time I'm at the hairdresser? You should definitely. Like I'll just take a just number really five long, puppy cut today, really please. Really long by the ears and then short everywhere else. <laughs> um, they also have. Uh, um, they look a lot like what is it? Um, oh, uh, I can't think of things. It's okay. a type Good of job. poodle. Um, anyway, we'll move on because I can't think of things. Um, they have a double layered coat. Oh, which is different to some of the other Bichon. That's breeds. interesting to come out of Cuba. Yeah, so they have like the undercoat and then the longer hair coat. Isn't Cuba quite warm? Yes, it is, but. As a polar bear will tell you. (laughs) Will it? (laughs) Yes, it will. So polar bears also have a double coat, right? And it helps to keep their temperature regulated, Mm -hmm. not necessarily keep them warm. Warm, okay. So there are plenty of animals in hot regions that also have double coats just to regulate their temperature. So it can keep them cool and stop them from overheating. I don't know how that works. Science. Science. (laughs) I like how our explanation for anything slightly more complex is just science. Science. (laughs) So they have um, an abundant, long and silky coat that comes in many colours. They are very often white, grey and white or like tan and white. Mm, There are a lot of white ones. Yeah, and a lot of grey and white ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But they do also come in tan. The dark ones are really cute too. Yes, they are. So when I um, adopted my dog Tui, <laughs> I, um, I was told she one. was some kind of poodle terrier cross. 
And then I looked up some things, trying to figure out what kind of terrier and what kind of poodle. Mm-hmm. And I thought that her personality, as well as some of her features, her body features, um, were very similar to the Havanese. So mm-hmm. I have a secret sneaky suspicion that she might she be might have a bit of Havanese in a her. bit of she might be a little bit Cuban. A little I've bit tried. Cuban. Has she got good rhythm? <laughs> Does she smoke rhythm. cigars often? <laughs> No, she doesn't smoke cigars. <laughs> Not um, often. But one of the other features of the breed is that they have um uh like their the their tail end of their body is higher, like their back legs are longer than their front legs. Oh, that's definitely Tui. Yeah. So um the angle of their body is um, a big thing that makes yeah, them them instead of go. other things. There you go. That actually makes now I'm thinking about Tui, that makes so much sense. Yeah, she definitely has that body shape. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, and when she gets her, her hair grow out a little bit, she gets that real sort of fluffy curly look. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they're, like I said, they're hypoallergenic, even though they've got a lot of hair. Um, it doesn't shed. Uh, you do have to brush them. You mm-hmm. have to look after. There's a lot of clipping involved. <laughs> I've just found a lady that has maybe seven or eight Havanese dogs, like just sitting on her in her garden. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a beautiful The best picture. part about doing the breeds is just Google searching just them and then the looking dog. through the images of all the most <laughs> random ones. Uh, so Havanese um, have a friendly and readily trainable nature. Uh, they're really good therapy dogs and assistant dogs because ah. they're also quite loyal and cheerful. They make good therapy dogs. Um, They said they're also quite good at competing in a variety of dog sports like agility and fly ball. Ah, But I would also like to point out that one of the dog sports they recommend for the Havanese is the musical canine freestyle. I'm sorry, what? I think you'll find that's the official name for dancing with your dog. Have you seen those videos? No. (gasps) Taylor, you call yourself a fan of the breed. What are we talking about? (laughs) now dancing with your dog also i'm still back on fly ball like what the heck is this oh fly ball is that cool thing where they like run and they pick up the ball and then they bring it back yeah um, so it's like fetch no but it's not it's more complicated than that there's like oh, devices and flags and lanes yeah okay, what was the what's the thing that you musical canine freestyle producer zane have you heard of this Oh, okay. It's I'm not dancing, the one out of the Dancing with your dog. People do routines. I'm going to call Mel right now and just be like, excuse me. <laughs> you need to look up videos of this. There's plenty of them on the internet of people. Oh, my God. Like in an arena, like official. It's oh, like, my God. This is like a whole thing. It's like ice dancing, but it's dog dancing. <laughs> it is a whole thing. And it's real. It's, music, it's very big in the sport. States. That is a mixture of obedience, training, tricks and dance that allows for creative tricks interaction between dog. This is like right up my alley. Like this is like I a, know. this is me. Um, so when I first read this, when I found this breed, when I was looking up what Tui could possibly be, I was like, this is it. Tui and I are going to be dancers. <laughs> this is how I'm going to make my first million. <laughs> YouTube, here I come. Um, she does do a little bit of dancing with me, but she's she's not she's not great at it. Let's be honest. Zola would be so good at this because Zola's a uh, multi shih tzu and she can do that thing. Like we didn't teach her because Maltese. Lord knows you can't teach her anything. They're a lot like a Maltese. Yeah. yeah. Um, she can do that thing where she stands on her back legs and then like begs. Like it yeah. looks like she's clapping like Dewey a circus dog. Yeah. 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 And we didn't teach her to her. She can just do, do it. it. Um, but she would be good at the dancing thing. Yeah. 
Holy wow. Yeah, I'm learning wow. so much. This is definitely for a future episode. <laughs> We're going to do this. Maybe, yeah. Maybe um, in the future sometime we can look that up in dog stories or definitely trips, ticks, tips and tricks. <laughs> anyway, they're um, very smart. They um, they can be a little um, not difficult to train, but they're very uh, – sometimes smart dogs can be a bit like I'm smarter than you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. They can be a little bit like that. Precocious. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Um, they are fairly active and lively, but they're pretty okay with just having a kip too. Mm. That's okay. That's also They're very me. friendly. They're not typically barkers. I have any. Um, <laughs> but they're also very uh, loyal to their owner. So they will be very affectionate and bond particularly with one person. That's not unusual. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of like Tui with you though. Kind of, yeah. Um, if you look up the American Kennel Club of the Havanese, you mm. can also see the Rastafarian Havanese. That's what I like to call them. I was like, that is <laughs> not their official name. <laughs> no, it's not. But they've um, done that thing where they turn all the hair into like dreadlocks. Yeah, like pulleys. Yeah, like pulleys. Yeah. yeah. So you can – that can be done with the Havanese, some people. So people do that on purpose? Yeah, it's on them purpose. They like kind of dreadlock it on purpose? Yeah. It's got a name, cording. Is that – I might be uh, making that up. No, that does sound very familiar. I think it might be cording. So um, the American Kennel Club says that the Havanese is the only dog breed that is actually native to Cuba. They're cheerful little dogs with a spring in their step and a gleam in their big brown eyes. Isn't that cute? That's adorable. Yeah. Um, they're really good for apartment living too uh, because they're – Small. A lot of lap dogs are pretty good for apartment living. Um, they can be prone to getting overweight, so keep the calories under control. Cording was correct. Cording. Ah, yes. I learned things. Um, it's, it's also a thing that happens to humans after a particular type of illness. You oh. can have cording. Um, but I... After you type dogs, you're all good to go. <laughs> okay. Um, they do need to be brushed regularly, so grooming is important. But they don't get stinky because they've got that um, – The hypoallergenic. Yeah, hypoallergenic. Yeah. So you don't need to actually bathe them a lot, but you do need to keep them free of mats and tangles. So they have a regular um, sort of not too much activity but not no activity something in between um they do they do like they're happy to just play indoors kind of thing as long as you exercise with them and play with them yeah you don't necessarily have to take them out for big long walks yeah that's good yeah um quite outgoing very trainable and reasonably healthy across the board they live forever like toy dogs do forever forever (laughs) that's a guarantee it's not a guarantee my Dog will not outlive me, but yeah, yeah. There anyway, you go. It's so cute, so fluff, so fluff, so, now, so much fluffy. If you have a Havanese, you know what you might like to do: um, take them to work, yes, or teach them some tricks, <gasps> like dog dancing, like dog dancing. <laughs> but I didn't know about that until literally five minutes ago. <laughs> so what I found is advanced tricks to teach your dog. 
advanced tricks. Yeah. So we've done, I think we've had a chat previously on the podcast about like sit, Basic tricks. Yeah, yeah. stay, Come on. maybe lie down, kind of stuff like that. Let's, uh, let's move I've on. Done, advanced I class. found one page that's like 52 tricks. That's a lot of Which tricks, lot. So I might do like a part one and a part two. I don't know. I haven't decided. Okay. But um, here's a couple of things that you can teach your dog to do. If you're kind of like, my dog is excellently trained. I want to move to the next level. Next and I level. have so much time on my hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not me. So the first one is respond to the clicker. Yes. That's part of the basic training. Which Yeah. I was, we've spoken about that before, but I listened to it. You and Mel spoke about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> responding to a clicker. But I think it's a it's a kind of a specific thing. So some people won't automatically train their dog to do that. You don't have to use clicker training. No, but this one but, is yeah. uh, training clicker. Um, the second one is name, which I think is pretty this part of the basic course. I assume they're going to get harder. Um. There is dun, 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 stand, which I think is an interesting one. Oh yeah, yeah. Because not everybody does um stand. Like they, you often get sit and lie down. But do you know sometimes they're sitting in the way and you need to move them. Like, <laughs> like you're vacuuming or something, <laughs> or like that someone's coming through with like a. Pr- I don't know. Whatever. I think it's probably more important for like show dogs. Probably because yeah. you have to get them to stand. But it's also useful places like at the vet. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And at the groomers. Yep, definitely. Well, if that's they, what it says. It says if they you're, can stand at the groomer, that's yeah. helpful. If your dog will stand still, it makes care and grooming easier. Yeah. So basically have your dog lay down, wait for her to stand up. When she stands up, click and treat. Repeat this action several times until she learns that um, she has to stand up in order to get the treat. Landing up, uh, landing. Standing naturally. Standing is so natural that it is likely that the dog won't immediately understand why she is being rewarded. So it takes more repetition. Yeah. So sit is like, ooh, that's an action. I get a treat for that. Whereas stand is like, what? What did I do? I've finished. Thank you. I've finished sitting. Thank you. Yeah. And so now I'm getting on with my life. It is actually a little bit um, more. I think it's something you'd have to you'd have to do all your sit, drop, lay down, roll over, all those other things, and then focus on just this one by itself for a while. Definitely, it would be difficult to do it with other things because it's something I would naturally do at the end of training something else anyway. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Come, come, which Zola will not do. (laughs) She almost does the opposite. You'll be like Zola, come here, come here. And she will like sit still where she is. <laughs> so calm is like her stay. Something's gone it's terribly really wrong. It's really frustrating because I'll be like, Zola, come over here. Come, I just come, come here, come here. No, nothing. So, but that's a really important one because um, it says it could save your dog's life. It could, which is good for like when they get out. Yeah. If you say come and they know to come to you straight away, then you get them off the road or whatever yeah. or things like that. Uh, heel is also a good one that people don't do very often as in like when you're walking. Yeah. 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 So that they don't run ahead. Yeah. So they're not tugging on the lead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's good for them too. So they're not straining against you. But it's also good if you're in situations where you might regularly walk your dog off leash. Like if you go to off leash beaches or parks and things like that. That's a good one so that you can be like, cool, we're going to walk this way, but I want you to walk with me. I want you to walk with me. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. This one's called Take It. Take It. Get one of your dog's favorite toys and set it on the ground. Wait for her to pick it up in her mouth. Click and treat. 
Repeat this several times. When she starts picking up the toy without hesitation, start using the command, take it when you click and treat. Um, so you're trying to get them to pick something up specifically. Yes, I'm going to help you. I have a question, Yes, Miss Taylor. Yes. Um, excuse me, Miss Taylor. What? How do I treat my dog if they've got the toy in their mouth? <laughs> it's <laughs> an excellent question that i don't know i can the help toy you down to take the treat i think it's they pick it up they've done the trick then they can put it down and you give them a treat but how do they know that i'm not giving them the treat for putting they it, put it down, down. oh a, because i clicked when they put it when they yes, picked it up that's the where the clicker comes the in click, that's where the clicker becomes see, that really would be useful. really hard to do without clicker training yes it would be all right not I'm impossible on, but I'm just tricky I'm okay this one i really enjoy it's called learn names of everything of everything <laughs> literally everything in the whole world so, have you seen that video I, it's went around facebook for a long time it's really cute it's like a dog and she just says, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? And she keeps like adding toys to the pile. And oh, every yeah. time he picks the same like dog toy, even when she moves it around. And then the last one, she adds a pizza and she goes, who's your best friend? And he taps the pizza and he goes, pizza. <laughs> it's really cute. But you can like teach them the, the yeah, names yeah. of everything. So yeah. she'd obviously taught him that best friend was like. That particular yeah, that toy or toy. whatever. There's um, there's a few other videos like that of people who who combine hide, um, find it games mm-hmm. with their dogs, um, with that same thing. So they first train them to recognize which toys are which and give them all names, mm-hmm. and then they hide them all, and they have to go, and find then them. they have to go find the specific one. <gasps> And they'll go and like you know check all the boxes. It's like or something Wally, they use. but for your dog. Yeah, amazing. I would love to have a dog intelligent enough and time enough to, to do teach that. Them that. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Um, bell, which is just Pavlov's dog. Oh, this no, this is teaching your dog to ring a bell. To ring the bell. Yeah, so it's got like a bell, and then it's got like a rope, and the dog has got its mouth around it, being like. <laughs> Which is, I don't know what you would use that for. Like, I just thought you meant like one of those ding bells. Yeah, like, no, on I the- did too. And then I read it properly and I was like, oh, okay, I see. Teach your dog to ring a jingle bell when he needs to go outside. Oh, so the yeah, idea yeah. being when they want to go to the bathroom, maybe you don't have a dog door, but they're saying, excuse like, me, ring I need the to go now. Kind of they can ring a bell and say, excuse me, please take me out. And then you can take them out. Open the door. Human, open this door now. Um, leap. Leap. Yep. Teaching your dog to leap over a stick. Oh, yeah. They do that in agility. Yep. It's one of the It looks like tricks. the horsey ones where they do like jumper. But they're a it's lot cooler. <laughs> and then I will finish today because there's – oh, no, wait. Sorry. I'm only kidding. There's two more. i got to do the last one. Okay. Um, jumping through a hoop. Oh, yes. Very good for circus. So, Yep. Circus dogs if, you're, love hoops. if you're in the circus, maybe try this one. Let your dog get used to the hoop, set it on the ground, click and treat when they approach <laughs> so it. So you said set and I was already at circus and you're like, teach them to jump through the hoop, set it on fire. <laughs> That's where I went. Lighted a fire. <laughs> Doesn't matter how long it's been since you've groomed them. Get your hover knees and like stick it through the hoop. <laughs> okay, don't do that. No, don't do that. This podcast um, does not Have a helper hold encourage. the hoop. That's a lot a of ages. Have a helper hold the hoop. Why can't do I not elevate the hoop? Do not elevate the hoop. Okay. Well, because then you have to call and lure and click and treat. Oh, you have to and be the on other the other side hoop, of the so, hoop. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because you have to lure them through. Okay. This is assuming the dog is like, oh, gross. Why would I walk through that hoop when I can walk around it? Yes, which a lot of dogs are like, you're an idiot. Why did you put this in my way? <laughs> and the last one that I'll do for today, I'll probably do a part two because this is fun, is um, jumping people. Yes, they do this in the dog dancing. Yeah. They so definitely do. This is I'm I'm glad we found out about this on the same day. It's working out. Um this is a great backyard circus trick. So you know when you're putting on the circus in your backyard. <laughs> As I do regularly. As you do. Yeah, um second weekend of every month, my place, guys, you're welcome. <laughs> So there's this lady in a lovely green sweater on all fours and her dog is leaping over her. Um, If your dog can comfortably jump over a stick elevated about 25 inches from the ground, then you can begin to teach him to jump over people who are on their hands and knees in the crawl position. Do you start by having the person like lie down so it's lower and then... Okay. First it says have your dog... Use a really small person. Jump over the stick. So you've got to, in this scenario, you've got to do the stick first because... Okay, you can't have them do that without it. And then have a helper kneel on their hands and knees. Hold the stick. Do not do this yourself. Use someone else. (laughs) Yeah, do not injure yourself. Then it says put the stick on the person. So they'll jump over the stick. They associate that. Even with the person in the way. And then I assume you remove the stick and just leave the person. Cool. There you go. There's like a size limit to the dog. Or the person. Or the person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a really big person and a very tiny dog. <laughs> like a really tiny person and a really big dog. They just step over them. Yep. you got to have something in between. Yep. Like match dog size and person size. Magic. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I'm with okay, you. Okay. Well, um, this has been fun, but I have to go teach my dog how to jump over me. Me. So. <laughs> <laughs> On my own without any help. No, I am going to use a helper. Let us know if you uh, try out. For. <laughs> any of these tricks um we're on facebook at floof ampersand papa that's ampersand the and symbol not the word um instagram is floof and papa podcast and our twitter is at floof and papa at floof and papa you can always send us an email too we're on gmail yeah yeah floof and papa podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with your lengthy stories um, thanks to that's not canon for having us today. Hey, and uh, thanks for coming back again, Miranda. I loved being here so much. I thought you were going to say this much, and I was like, they can't see you. You could be doing a tiny, tiny symbol. <laughs> this much. No, I love this. I could talk about dogs all day, every day. And we do. Woohoo! Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. Bo- 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 goodbye. goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.